This episode is brought to you by Mountain Sea Media. I spent half my life near the Pacific Ocean and the other half in the mountains of Central Oregon. These places are full of profound stories and experiences that guide my life, even now as a media creator and a beer professional. This is how Mountain Sea Media was born. I realized how impactful stories are to our lives and business. Stories share good experiences and the warmth of friends. They improve business by sharing these experiences and connecting deeply with our customers. If you'd like to connect better with your customers through copywriting and storytelling, contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com. It's your story. I'll help you tell it. I'm Jeremy Storton, and this is Good Beer Matters. I like to think about the beer, not just throwing 20 different this and that and see what happens. I consider myself a beer farmer. That's what I'm I just, it's, it's just, we're just people. Uh, my name's John Meyer. I've been here 28 years. I looked into my glass for answers after the remarkable flavors in my beer blew my mind. I was just beginning my beer journey and had yet to taste something so overwhelming that I couldn't pay attention to the conversation at my table. I was in a Seattle tap house in 2009 and I had ordered a John John Dead Guy from Rogue Brewery. John is the name of their brewer and the other John was their distiller at the time and they had aged their flagship beer in their own whiskey barrel. Since then I have learned more about Rogue Brewery and the wizard behind the curtain. John Meyer has been the head brewer since nearly the beginning in 1988. He has been a brewing innovator and somewhat of a godfather to the Northwest brewing community and therefore the country and even the world. I finally had a chance to meet this beer icon and what impressed me the most was his patience and his humility despite all he has done for beer. Some of the topics we discussed are his impressive plans for his eventual retirement, his surprising source of inspiration, and how it felt to have brewed more than 20,000 beers. My name is Jeremy. I'm a certified Cicerone, BJCP judge, IBD certified brewer, and a beer writer. I believe the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. I believe there's a world of wisdom found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. This is Good Beer Matters. These are the stories of us, of great food, and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 4 of Good Beer Matters with John Meyer of Rogue Brewery. Sooner than later. <laughs> Sooner than later. Yeah, I can't say tomorrow or next year, but yeah. you never know. You never know. Look at the 401k and see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you did retire, what would you do? Uh, my goal when I retire is to cycle the Trans Am from a modified Trans Am route from, uh, I'm looking at Washington, D.C. to here. Really? Yeah. We, that brings up another little kind of secret passion of mine. So obviously, you and I both really, 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 really enjoy beer. Yeah. But um, it's so nice to see people who enjoy beer and brewers who who have not put fitness to the wayside. Fitness yeah. is still yeah. a very important thing. Uh, can you speak to that? Your your 
your your uh, experience with beer and and fitness? How, how, those those two seem to be kind of opposing, but I think that they could actually collide and fuse well. Is there a story yeah. there? Uh, yeah, there is, but I, I don't know how to really explain it. It's just that I'm when you're on your feet like I am most brewers for 10 hours. I don't have a desk, never had a desk in my, my whole brewing career. I noticed you, I have have a a bistro, you have a bistro table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I just like to, when you're in the environment of brewing, you just tend to be an outdoors kind of person and want to just be on the move a lot and enjoy nature. And so it's just part of the, part of that atmosphere that you're in. How do you, how do you feel about the, um, just the acquiescence to if we're going to love beer, then we're going to let ourselves go. What is your response to that mentality? Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <I've laughs> no, that's that's not right. Man. You just let yourself go and get fat and sit on the couch, kind of thing. Or? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, not good. Uh, it's a, a healthy beverage, you know. You do it in moderation. Beer's got a lot of health benefits, I think. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of people I see that drink beer that are overweight, really. It's just probably what they're eating besides that. And maybe they're stuffing themselves with pizza all the time or a lot of cheese. I, I don't know. But or the, the quantity. The quantities, yeah. Having a few yeah, beers beer is fat-free, but it's a lot of carbs. But there's several yeah. carbs. In that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> metabolism. It's just people's got their metabolisms are different. And, but yeah. But you're obviously an advocate for moderation. Oh yeah. Quality over quantity, and yeah. not be active. Yeah. yeah I mean. And age is no excuse for letting oneself go. I no, no, uh, that's why. I love to be outdoors. I, I take our dogs to the beach all the time. Just like to be on the move. Uh, cycling has done wonders. I think it's it's going to add the longevity. Uh, it's no doubt about it. Uh, you go to Europe and you see how the older generation, we were just there last year, and you see they're all on bicycles. Now they're even the really old people are using e-bikes now, but they're still out there on bicycles. And those people, they're going to the market with their baskets, are in good shape. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the other things, too, as far as a cultural difference in a lot of places in, in Europe, because uh, there's a lot of uh, influencing of each other. But yeah. um, but younger people are are uh, experiencing alcohol in a in a responsible way earlier on so that by yeah. the time that they're legally able to drink they're not doing keg stands like like we have a propensity to do yeah it's part, it's been part of their culture and they're exposed to it at yeah younger age i think you have to, you could be 16 and, and drink in germany i think it is. i was uh, 11 years old when i went to england with my parents really and uh, and they looked at me and told me I could, so I did. And I walked yeah. right up to the right up to the bar and ordered a shandy. Yeah. That was my first uh, full beer. Yeah. Eleven years old. It was, yeah. it was good.
So on, on that vein of thought, as far as the stories behind beer, and um, what sticks out most in your mind about what the stories behind beer, what beer does for us, what um, the experiences you've had connecting with people or or fostering relationships with people over a beer, what stories come to mind? Well, we have a, a, a new one, and it was just, uh, we brewed for the Eclipse. And uh, I was hanging out with my friend Chris Dudek, who's on the Nut Brown bottle. You've seen his face. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of looks like you almost, really. <laughs> kind of funny looking. <laughs> we were just hanging out, and he kicking some ideas around, and he brought up the Eclipse. I go, yeah, we're in the, we got totality here in Newport. He says, well, we should make a beer for it, and uh, so we invited the Cascade Brewers out of Eugene, the homebrew club, to come up. I had them develop the recipe. I threw my own little twist on it, and uh, they all came up, and we brewed a beer for the Eclipse, and it's in kegs now waiting for a couple of days before. Uh, I think we're going to premiere it on August 19th, I think, at the pub on the Bayfront on a Friday. Mm -hmm. What's it like? It's a uh, wee heavy, uh, also known as a strong Scotch ale. Mm -hmm. It's 10.77%. Right. It's a malt bomb, huge. Yeah. We used Glen Eagles uh, floor malt from England and a uh, little bit of hops, real low on the IBUs, uh, 25, something like that. It's not about the hops. You can throw about anything in there. But sure. it's real huge, complex, not cloyingly sweet, just a little bit of some residual, but uh, a mouthful, you know, real uh, raisins, toffee, you name it. But it was great to get these guys up, and they spent the night. And we we uh, knocked it out, man. Nice. <laughs> it was really cool, man. And uh, what was the... I mean, why why is Scottish we heavy for? It was it was their idea. Their I, uh, they just came up with it, and they had a couple of batches under their belts as, as home brewers, and yeah. they shot a couple at me, and I said, "Whatever you like, you know." I'd well, be. as far well then, as far as um, you know, creating these relationships, I mean. Why would any brewery, let alone Rogue and you, yeah. work with a group of home brewers on a project like this? I mean, where's what's the reason? Well, it's what, clearly not marketing or yeah, financial. I've had this, you know, I'm still a home brewer at heart. I, I get a lot of inspiration from the home brewers, and we still, uh, as a brewery, we support the National Home Brewers uh, Conference. Uh, we're one of the sponsors, and. Uh, it's just that connection. I, I still get a lot of great ideas from the home brewers. Reading Zymergy, I'm a lifetime member of the HA, and I just thumbing through the magazine. I'm always looking for something. You know, one little thing, like they could talk about a hop, they could talk about this mold, maybe this procedure, they're in the brewing process, something like that. I'll just, you know, like that. Get an idea in my head. And so are, you're still you're still seeking that that uh, creative spark and creative juice oh. to come up with the next because beard beer's already been done yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where's the next crazy idea yeah it's just 
read books and listen to homebrewers, you know. Interesting. <laughs> that's what I, I... I think that's interesting that, that you're looking to homebrewers for inspiration yeah. and homebrewers are kind of looking to you for inspiration. Yeah. There's, there's, there, a, there's a cyclical... It, it goes, yeah. Uh, they're, they're actually on the forefront because they, they, they don't do it to make money. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you brew if you didn't have to worry about money or economies of scale and stuff like that what, what ideas have you passed over just because it wasn't going to make sense we still do them here even now especially on this pilot system when mm -hmm. i produce 10 kegs it's all free sold to pubs and they're going to go through it uh, like the smoke beer i mean a very small percentage of people like that we're doing a lot of weird stuff here now, so I, I don't think we're held back. We've never been held back by ingredients cost at this brewery ever. They, we cost the recipes out, or we, we give the, the recipes to the accountants, they cost it out. That's all we have to do. We've never been told, no, don't use this. Gotcha. Yeah, so, it's too expensive. So the accountants are not in charge here. No, no. <laughs> I mean, those cryo hops aren't cheap they're 30 bucks a pound of course you use less but yeah ingredients like that interesting so i got to visit the farm yesterday and um i'm not aware of any other brewery that has its own farm at least to that scale where you're, you are, you are brewing from from farm to fermenter, from seed yeah. to glass. Yeah. Why have you gone to that extent of controlling that process? Uh, that's a good question. It's on the malt side. We can kind of. Uh, customize some of the process, you know, as far as more so, like maybe we want this color of the malt, or we want uh, maybe a little more uh, steeping, or, you know, I don't get involved with it that much, but there's, it gets really it's it's our own and it's uh, it's just kind of cool to grow your own stuff. It's like being a gardener at the house, you know. So uh, the hops that really started mainly because we had that crisis and uh, there was a, a short massive shortage. We were buying cascades from Argentina for a while and stuff. Totally different hop. And, uh, so we got that farm and now we have 50 acres of, of uh, varieties that. I picked them uh, mainly, and it's great to just get them you know, kiln and bale right on the property mm -hmm. and pelletize right up the road. And we do wet hop, you know, a couple of different wet hops every year. I'm going to do some on the little five barrel, and we'll do one on the hundred barrel of maybe the new varieties coming off this year. That we have two new varieties coming off, and. Uh, but all the other stuff, like the sugar pumpkins, we grow out there for the mm -hmm. pumpkin beer. And we roast in a pizza oven out here in front of the brewery. 
caramelize them, jalapenos, uh, prickless marion berries, all kinds of. Which are delicious right now. I can, I can verify. Oh God, <laughs> I need to go out there just for that. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah. they're just falling off the vine almost? Yeah, uh, Stacia was just taking them, just wiggling the Really? They just fall right oh. out of the pockets. Exactly. He's going to probably throw them on the Bashi's broom or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a sweet experience in every sense of the word. started brewing I was uh, even as a home brewer I've, I've always been by today's standards kind of tame but uh, I, I've always been a pretty aggressive brewer and using a lot of specialty grains uh, high percentage like crystal malts and Munich and everything else but uh, and I've always been trying to pack in a lot of flavor and make balanced beers still and that's what I've been uh, well I've pretty much made a career out of it and uh, I was kind of known and accused of you know throwing too many hops in the, in the beers and now mm -hmm. they're, they're like <laughs> yeah by today's standards uh, you know probably pretty tame but uh, Interesting. it's it's just the way I brew, and the other guys, everybody's on the band. I'm not saying I started it, but uh, it's just, I just like to throw, I like to think about the beer, not just go haphazard and throw, okay, throw in 20 different, you know, this and that, and see what happens. You have to, I'm not a, a brewer that uses software when I brew, or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, uh, I like being a chef in the kitchen, but I think I'm just trying to make simple beers complex and somewhat balanced, and just trying to get the get the expression of the of the malts and the hops to come out, and, and not to get too crazy uh, and be obnoxious with. Some some of the flavors. Well, I don't I don't think you've been obnoxious, <laughs> but but you have been crazy with some of the flavors, yeah. which is delightful. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, uh, and I tell people you know when people ask me about Rogue, I say you know what, I don't love every beer that Rogue has put out, but I love that they put out some crazy different beers. I mean, just trying to, you don't know where the boundaries are yeah. until you've gone too far. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, well yeah. that didn't pan out, so let's pull it back and shifted a little bit yeah. save. and it's just it's been kind of exciting to yeah. taste some of your not obnoxious but crazy concoctions yeah. <laughs> I don't know but I uh, that's a good question I sorry it's a little early in the morning for <laughs> I always like beer to be the common man's drink and I I've seen some attitude out there and arrogance and all that kind of stuff and you know I I could talk about that for a while but it's I consider myself a beer farmer that's what we are you know I just it's it's just keep 
we're just people. So uh, I just, that's something about the industry and that we got to make sure that we're humble about you know, what, what we're making and just uh, what we're doing. And what's the other thing? Uh, I think there's just a little bit of insanity out there right now in the marketplaces. I wish it would kind of pull back a little bit. So. Insanity to rob respect? I think there's these trends that people just jump on too quick and I don't think they're, they're sustainable or people are going to stay or just drink them for very long before they move on to something else. Well, and earlier you made a comment about, about tropical flavored hops and being kind of annoyed with that. And that has been a trend lately too. And, um, yeah. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm kind of in the trenches of, <laughs> in, in, re, in yeah. beer retail where people come up and they, they stop at my beer aisle and they just stop and they start scanning, you see their eyes go back and forth and they're, frankly, they're overwhelmed. It's kind of a good problem in the sense yeah. where you can't choose wrong because no matter what you choose, it's going to be good. Yeah. But unless you have a higher level mm -hmm. of beer education, then it's hard to decipher what is and oh, what isn't. Yeah. And is that the part that annoys you? Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. Uh, another thing is uh, anybody can open up. The best situation on if somebody's going to open up uh, like a brew pub is to keep everything in house because that's where you make the most money. But hardly anybody's able to do that. So next thing is you have a phone call to a mobile bottler or canner and you're on the shelf. You know. and, uh, it's just too much yeah it's just too much product out there and uh, there's some mediocre stuff out there but there's a lot of great beer also mm -hmm. but it's just uh, it's pretty crazy out there well if 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 i may i'd like to respectfully challenge that a bit uh, <laughs> uh, just because there's a lot of beer out there there's yeah. maybe too much beer i mean yeah. I, I think about um there are breweries in Germany that brewed one beer for hundreds of years, and it was good enough then. It's good enough now. So, so then we go to uh, we go to grocery stores, and yeah. and there's just a sea of beer out there. But then you go to any rogue pub, and there's a chalkboard full. We make a million different beers. Of, of a million different beers. <laughs> a lot of pilot beers out so, there that we make them. Um, Variety is wonderful, but oh, variety is also daunting. Yeah. How, how do you how do you navigate through that storm you see? Well, it's pretty difficult, actually. Not for me, but I mean, for the regular guy going on the store, he's going to say, "Hey, it's just like you know buying a French wine. You can't pronounce the name." Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm even that. That way, well, I don't know what the hell it is, so I'm not going to buy it. So, here's the one that says, something amber. Okay, I'll have that.
what? The, I, I brew with the Germans because we have a German brew house, and they were, they were, they were like handcuffed almost on what they can use because of the Rheinheitsgebot and all that. But they, they told me they couldn't use hops in the whirlpool, and they couldn't do use some of these adjuncts we were using, and that's too restrictive. Mm. You know, some of those laws are pretty antiquated. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it's funny. I, I had a conversation one day with someone about the Rheinheitsgebot and how it's way better to throw whatever you want in there. And I started thinking about like uh, like uh, blues music is a good a good example. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, people refer to blues as three chords and the truth, right? <laughs> um, and and you listen to uh, you know blues songs and, yeah. and you know you have the. Familiar blues progressions. Oh, yeah, yeah. At sure. some point, they all sound the same, but bar, they yeah. all sound uh, yeah, yeah, twelve bar yeah. and maybe maybe a fourth chord for the turnaround. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but there have been millions of different songs with four, three chords in the oh, truth. Oh yeah. yeah. Is the Reinheitsgebot and sticking to just the four core ingredients? Is it is it as restrictive as we all think it is? I mean, granted, you're putting chili peppers and yeah. and honey and and anything from the farm in there, but um, uh, I, I guess a better question that will kind of define this is: you seem to be a brewer who has a respectful nod to the styles. Oh yeah. But meanwhile, you're smiling and waving a middle finger at them at the <laughs> same time. <laughs> no, I respect the styles. Like Oktoberfest, I brewed. Uh, that that's one that you got to. Try to be as traditional as you can. That's a world-class style. Mm -hmm. You don't want to. You can Americanize it to a point. Yeah, I think it's pretty restrictive. Uh, it's just uh, not denying their great beers. It's just kind of loosen up a little bit. I think that would expand. I don't know what they're doing in Germany right now, as far as I. I there's a lot of those private breweries, small ones out there, but they're not like Italy and what's going on in England. And, Spain and all that, but uh, I think they probably like. I think. Well, let me retract. Uh, they really like a lot of our beers over here, but they can't brew them. Mm -hmm. They 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 definitely think a lot of our beers are way over hot. I know that. <laughs> but I remember when we were making a brutal back in the old days, 15 years ago. There was one German guy that said, "God, I love to make this beer over in Germany." <laughs> I'd love to. Because Brutal's not really about the bitterness, it's about the, the peachy flavor. The Brutal came from the name when we used all bags in the old days. And we had to hand mill all this grain and then scoop out all the hops out of the hop bag. Even though it was pellets, we still had to scoop them out. And it was a real uh, labor-intensive beer to make. So it's a I, lot easier now. I, I always wondered because that... Uh, of all the IPAs that I've tried yeah. from Rogue, that one was the easiest drinking. Yeah, it is. Why, why is it's, this? Why is it named Brutal? It, it's <laughs> all about the, the when you use these hops that we use, you get a lot of peach flavor out of it, mm -hmm. and when it's on, you get the peach aroma. Uh, it's really nice. experience brewing and drinking and traveling and cycling and everything um, in, in your experience your opinion why does good beer matter 
rather than just beer. <laughs> Good beer matters. Well, and, uh, and frankly, you know, beer matters. The number one yeah. selling beer I have is Coors Light, but you know, we're not talking about Coors Light. Yeah. Good beer matters. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Sorry, it's way too early to, yeah. to get this in depth, but because bad beer sucks. But <laughs> uh, God, you know, uh, as much as I love wine, beer is still my number one choice, and uh, it's just to get off work and to have one. Uh, if you, when you're tired and just to uh, savor it and it makes the whole day worthwhile. Well, and surely there are, I mean, we can make a lesser beer in much simpler ways, yeah. but you've gone to the effort of creating this monster that is Rogue Nation. Yeah. You have farms, you have bees, you have beekeepers, yeah. you have yeah. people that do so much just to put something better in my glass, and I'm very grateful yeah. for it. Why go to all that effort? Just for a beer that is better than that beer that could be made in half the time and half the effort. <laughs> now you're asking me marketing questions. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, Anna asked, uh, me, Anna, Anna asked me to ask her. No, <laughs> no it's just, I, uh, I mean, I, I have my opinions of why that matters, but I'm not the one being interviewed. I. I I want to. I want to hear why. I thought you already asked me that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just trying to capture you in a different answer. Well, I why? Know. Why does it matter? Because it's our. Because we own it. We farm it, and it's proprietary. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, we're in control of yeah. the whole situation, and it's just like you can go to the store and buy a head of lettuce that. Could be organic, you don't, and where's it from? You have no idea, or you could pick a bunch out of your backyard, and you know exactly how it was uh, grown. And you know. but as far as translating into the beer and, and, and why it matters, I mean, it tends to be fresher, and I think that translates into the, the final product, something mm -hmm. that. That you've done yourself. I, mean, I have a better answer than that. It's kind of hard. I'm not kind of a, I've learned it's a tough question. Yeah, so it's I've, tough. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to shy away from asking it, though. I think I've got some <laughs> interesting answers. Um, with with all of your career, would you do much of anything different? Uh. Not really. I, I'm pretty happy with what, what I've done in 30 years on the floor. I still, you know, what's it's kind of nice to get back to my roots and get on this five barrel. I'm a lot less off that one. I still brew on it. Try to do it one day a week or so and get more on the hands on and total control of the whole process. And, yeah, I can just come up with beer the day before just walk through the aisle, grain aisle and say oh yeah okay and then you know, put something together like that and then next morning I'll think about the hops later then go in the cooler and while you're brewing it you say okay I think I'll uh, 
Got all these, you know, 20 different varieties of hops. Oh, that's a new one. Go on the internet real quick. What's that one all about? Oh, okay, yeah. Try some of that. that that's cool. That's what I love doing. This, this comment right there reminds me of an interview I read with uh, U2. It's just, you know, said so it's like, all right, well, let's write a song today. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's, it's a, next week it's a hit. Yeah, they did a thing on Amazon. Uh, is, what's, the, what's the anniversary of Joshua Tree? Yeah. Tour? Yeah. 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 Those guys sound pretty cool. Yeah. I, I saw it in Seattle. But, but it was just kind of like what yeah. you were just saying is um, I, I got to taste that. Um, what was that? Uh, there was a beer that I think you brewed for the employees, but it was so good that it actually shipped out. That Oregon Ramos gone awry or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. Which was phenomenal, but it was great. I, yeah. I just imagine that uh, with your comment, they just like, yeah. oh, let's just yeah. make a beer, and it turned out to be incredible because you've been doing it so long. I didn't forget to mention the name of the Eclipse beer, though. You'll love the name. Okay. Total Blackout. Total Blackout. Yeah, doesn't mean the beer is black. Just means we're in totality here. Yeah, or yeah. maybe if you drink a few, you may have the total black. Yeah, because it's going to be... Uh, I figure we could put it in one of those uh, uh, glasses we just had, the mm -hmm. uh, uh, Rolling Thunder, mm -hmm. and drink one in a minute and 45 seconds. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we have totality for a minute yes. and 45 seconds. Yeah, we're going to rename the Irish Carbone. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little sixtal for the house. I have guests coming over. We're staying at the house, man. I'm taking the day off. Hopefully the brewery is shut down. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be fun. Awesome. On a Monday. Uh, do you have anything you want to add or share or any stories that come to mind that are interesting? Uh, probably later I think of something, but right at <laughs> the second I... You know how you think of the best stories when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're... Oh, okay. I'll do that to the beer or something like that. Mm -hmm. or, you know. Isn't that amazing how you can just do that? Maybe because you've been dreaming or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think one of the best beers that I've, I've brewed, or at least best beers by an estimation of all my friends and always ask for it or love it, was, uh, was uh, in Hawaii, in Maui, for 2011. Uh, we were in a little town of Paia. I had a wood-fired uh, pizza. And they had cocoa brown on tap. I was like, cocoa brown? What's that? Let's try that. And it was so good because we're on the islands. And you kind of, you know, anniversary yeah. trip. And I mean, just the whole the oh. island euphoria was there. But I was just so enamored with with that beer. I thought, I need to go home and brew something like this. Yeah. And so I'm at home. And I didn't wake up in the night, but it was just like one of those similar type yeah. of epiphanies. Like, I need to throw some banana in it, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I made a... a Toasted coconut banana brown ale. Wow. Is, it, I mean, <laughs> by everyone else's estimation, it's it's really really good. It was just kind of like yeah. those. And people say you put banana in there. Yeah, I put banana in there. Wait, wow. like whole banana? Whole banana. <laughs> it, just, it worked. Good. So is that beer that you tasted initially? Was that from the Maui? Uh, it's from Kona. Okay. Oh, it was their uh, winter seasonal. The oh, cocoa really? brown, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, phenomenal. To oh. Just toasted coconut and malty, balanced by the hops. Wow. 
It's perfect when that. you're wearing board shorts. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, sure, I'm sure a guy like you could call him up and say, hey, send, yeah, me, a case, send me a case of Cocoa Brown. <laughs> friend that started, uh, what, when were you there in Maui, 2011? 11 and 2013. I think in 11 he was probably there, his name was uh, Scott Freitas and he brewed at the uh, Wild Duck Brewery in Eugene. Mm. And he was brewing over there, probably during that time, I'm not sure, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the Eugene connection. Yeah. Did this unique uh, uh, brewing process on making uh, fast twenty thousand, where we hand loaded uh, twenty two hundred pounds of grain and we milled it out of bags. It was Weirman, uh Barca heirloom uh, two row Pilsner malt, I think it was, and we mashed it in. Ran we have a hundred barrel brew house. We did a half batch. We ran fifty barrels board in the kettle. So then we ran it back into the mash tun again, just the wort. And then we got rid of the, the, the grain because it was spent. We got rid of it. So the day before we milled up 4,500 pounds of grain by hand of 18 or 19 different malts. So we got the 20. And we, and they bagged it. So and the reason we had to do that is because we couldn't mill it up in advance, put it in a grist hopper, and then mash in because I'm using the wort as the mash water. Okay, yeah. Uh, 12 Play-Doh wort, 13 Play-Doh. So we got Anna and the accountants and a couple of customers and all the warehouse people, and we hand-loaded 4,500 pounds of grain into the second mash and then we ran that through so nice. we, we didn't use water on the second mash and then we somehow i calculated i wanted 20 degrees play-doh so 20 malls 20 hops 20 degree play-doh yeah. we went to the cooler picked out the 20 hops in advance and uh, i asked the guys well use these particular types of hops up front you know the bittering and more of the air mash so, you know, not too complicated this amount and done it on and poured <laughs> and we got 9.89% uh, uh, ABV and we did uh, secondary fermentation in the bottle so wow yeah so really proud it's fantastic beer it's not over the top it's just the big strong ale that's not over the top on the hops and huge malt profile it's going to develop for years, so I so, want to try one here pretty soon. So this is this is one you definitely need to like age for ten yeah. plus years, right? You can uh, easily. It drinks well now, but uh, you know what? That's right before the eclipse, so that's a good weekend to bust open some and yeah, give something a shot. special. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a year old, so that's time to enjoy it. So. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that was a great project, man. To get it, and everything was fan, just went flawless. Pretty much.
<laughs> the mashing process was a little sketchy because we didn't get the starch conversion initially. It failed the iodine test. So I was sitting there stressing out, going, oh, shit. Walking outside saying this could be the epic failure also, besides the epic yeah. brew. 20,000 And Joel said, <laughs> I'll mill some more two-row. Hand mill some two-row up. Grabbed it, and we threw some in the mash real quick, tried to get some more enzyme activity. I don't know if that really helped, but eventually, after an hour, more than it usually takes, it finally we got conversion. And then by the time we started the runoff, of course, it had been in the water tun so long that, uh, or in the mash tun, then we moved the water. That the runoff was a little sketchy, but we, we got it going. It worked out great. That's awesome. That, yeah. that was a great experience. I'll never forget that. I, that I, I thought monumental. That, I thought that was a, a really neat idea that you guys did. And granted, I mean, that was part of a, the marketing is kind of sharing the story, but, but the feeling I got was like, hey, yeah. this, this was an event that yeah. we just want to share with yeah. everyone. And it, it just seemed really cool. As a home brewer, I appreciate John Meyer will eventually end his career still having the mindset of a home brewer. Besides being a fitness buff, his devotion to exploration, creativity, and his pursuit of good beer is inspirational. All anyone has to do is visit one of Rogue Brewery's many pubs for a taste of John Meyer's wizardry. Speaking of creativity, in the next episode, Good Beer Matters talks to a man who builds a sort of Disneyland for beer drinkers. Within its walls, one can explore botany, astronomy, history, art, and literature, all while eating a wood-fired pizza and sipping amazing beer. Subscribe to Good Beer Matters, and you'll automatically receive Episode 5, which is simply called Beertopia. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better appreciation of the beer you enjoy. I believe better education leads to better enjoyment. So if you're a beer and food professional, or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters and leave a rating on iTunes. After that, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Additional musical interludes by Lee Rosaveri with the song Southside. Thank you for listening. Prost. Prost.